0: Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture. Here's a seriously pointless conversation about all the nerd and geek information you could possibly want. That's probably from a decade ago. Um, at or least. Well, at, least at, at least. least. at least. Today, uh, I'm again joined by Kelly and James. How Hello. are you guys doing? Great. It's been a good day. And it has. Um, If you guys don't know, it sounds familiar. Uh, This is our second episode for the day. Uh, I'm just going to break some of the magic there. I'm I'm
1: pleased to announce the horrible rain has stopped.
0: Yeah. And consequently, our spirits are lifting. Slowly but surely, but now it's dark outside. And uh, yeah, I'm annoyed. Dinner was good. Yeah, dinner was very tasty. We had tacos, if anybody cares at all. Um, And yeah, I'm pretty sure my kid is going to shit his britches later. So, the amount of beans he hates. We shall see. So, anyways, guys. So, um, like uh, we were saying earlier, uh, we are going to be going over the Legend of Zelda. uh, And like I said, we're not going to do what we did last time, where we kind of go over uh, round robin about the uh, games we're playing, because obviously it's the same day, nothing has changed. Um, But if you guys are interested, listen to the last episode, see what we're playing, and if you guys are i um, interested in sharing us what you're playing, uh, send us an email, post us on Facebook, whatever social media you can, and we'll try and get back in touch with you, and, and like I said, we're going to try and just enjoy all things gaming, uh, or any, anything nerdy with you guys for that matter, but anyways, today we're going to be going over Legend of Zelda, and we're going to start off by everybody's first encounters with Zelda. You want to go first, Kelly? Uh, well with this game in particular yeah so we're gonna do um uh, just kind of clarify a little bit we're gonna do the absolute the the very first legend of zelda game we're not going over the franchise yet i know you're sad james but i don't have <laughs> eight hours to dedicate <laughs> to an entire post- podcast i so. don't i don't either so yes. this is okay this is, <laughs> this is acceptable so <laughs> this is gonna be the uh the 80s the early or uh, late 80s late 80s no trying to remember what, when it was actually came out, I and mean, that's bad. I should know this by now. Um, sorry, mid-'80s. So I knew it was in the 80s, a uh, uh, Nintendo release game, uh, Legend of Zelda. So that's what we're going to go over today. And then maybe, hopefully, in future episodes, we'll go over some of the actual franchise, or at least bits and pieces of it here and there. we got to do Link to the Past, at least. We will. That is, <laughs> But I figured if we're going to do Link to the Past, we need to hit the... the the grandfather of games. As long as we skip Zelda 2. No, we're going to... The less said about that, the better. We're going to have at least... There's going to be at least half a page of notes in there. We're going to go no, over And I'm going to no. make you talk about the side-scrolling Zelda game. The
2: side-scrolling Zelda game. It can make me <laughs> awful,
0: to say the least. But anyways, I sidetracked Kelly. Um, so, when was your uh, first experience with any Zelda property? Let's leave it open for that. Okay,
2: so. any Zelda would probably be on Game Boy Color. But um, I think I did play this game. I just didn't know it was Zelda. I that's think my aunt had a copy of that, and I played it once on her. There you go. Her little net nest.
0: That's cool. That's that. That's see. I don't even remember. I remember
2: the shooty guys that shoot the, the
0: balls oh, the, like the octopus. The octopus looking things. Yeah. things octorox yeah. Yes. octorox That's what they were called. Yeah. I never. I, I never knew what they were called. I just remember them being extremely annoying because you try to like shield them, and they just. Mm-hmm. If you did not have the shield, you just die. Pretty much. Yeah. So, but no, I um. I know I hit, uh, the first time I ever encountered Zelda was with you guys when we did Link to the Past, because mm-hmm. like so many of our my experiences, um, you guys indoctrinated me early <laughs> on, which is great. Um, one of us. One, one of, of us. <laughs> us, that's right. <laughs> Man, there was a blood sacrifice in the whole thing. So anyways, um, but uh, we definitely came over, and I was watching, I think it was Chris Cyrus' house, or was it your, I think it was Chris Cyrus' house that we actually had it.
1: I think it was, yeah. I know I had a copy, too. I know Chris Sire had the, uh, he had the original one, he had the actual golden cartridge of the original. Yeah, the which
0: we'll go over that here in a little bit, but that, that was, that was just going over there and watching him play. I remember, that was just fun. I don't know. If people do that nowadays, and they do it on Twitch and stuff, but I don't, I vividly remember going over to your guys' houses and just sitting there watching you guys play first per, first single player games. And my mom was oh, yeah, like, we would
1: pass the controller around. I mean, yeah, it was,
0: yeah, but I mean, there'd be, I mean, there'd be like 30 minute stretches. I would sit there and watch you guys, and vice mm-hmm. versa, we'd watch each other. And I just don't, I don't know if anybody does that anymore, but that was well, just,
2: I guess Twitch would be the closest. I mean, but thing you're not, most
0: people do. yeah, I mean, you're not, yeah, I mean, it's not, closest, you're not going over to somebody's house or yeah, like that. That's but, true, yeah. But anyway, so I'm assuming similar origin story for that. Yes, pretty much. I
1: I know we got a. I think Link to the Past was the first one I played mm-hmm. for the Super NES, and yeah, I definitely encountered the original game of Christmas. Because SNES
0: was your first console, and your dad got you right.
1: Yeah, the SNES was our first console. Yeah, that was a. Well, there's a funny story with this. It was actually a Christmas present mm-hmm. to me and my little brother. Mm-hmm. But my father actually set it up the night before and played it for about six hours. That sounds like,
0: that sounds like your dad. Deleted
1: all the save files he had started, and then the next day he's like, Hey, kids, Santa Claus
0: set up your new game system. That is So I've told Jackie this numerous times. It's like, and I don't know if you do this or not, but you'll buy something, and you say it's for her or Kelly. and I do this all the time. And I've I'm, never done that. I have. I don't, t- don't are <laughs> Never, not once. I have definitely done that. Like We got that Amazon Alexa thing, and I'm like, this is for you, so you can listen to music and tell what the weather is. She's like, you're full of shit, and you know it. And I'm just like, prove it. Prove it's it. So that's, that's a very distinctly guy thing to do, I think. But that's, that's, that's just amazing, though, that I know it's like there's every, every guy is always a kid at heart, no matter what. Oh, yeah. And so I just have a feeling that's what I'm going to do with, with our guy our little guy hopefully like i'll get him a present i'll be playing with the night before my wife will be like he needs to be wrapped up put it away oh you know
1: what kelly did with her little brother is yeah you get him his own controller and don't plug it in and he has
2: he to thinks get, he's playing you
1: get years he could think he's playing before he realizes that the
0: controls actually do something yeah, so,
2: cause,
0: cause <laughs> I because i have
2: too many siblings to have to be a four-person so this is, thing this is what i got
0: i got this so it's actually a wire controller it has to be plugged in to play to be <laughs> I give I give Lewis this, and he will play it, and he'll just sit there and like hit the buttons, and I'm playing PlayStation or whatever it is, and he's just like da ba, 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 da ba. and he'll play it. And I'm just like, yes, you're doing a great job, and I'm like, this is phenomenal.
2: Oh, when they ask which one's me, that
0: one, that one, yeah. <laughs> going How down long right long. there so and Jackie's just like you're so cruel and I'm like he doesn't know any better he's having fun while sitting here with me once so. he's
1: old enough to call you out that's when he gets a turn
0: that is very true he has to it um, yes. then, well
2: I had I, I have 5 siblings so there were too many
0: <sighs> too many little hands trying to get all over yes. me cuz you're the oldest aren't you I'm the oldest yeah yes. so yeah and
2: so the the youngest always just got the non controller and hope they didn't notice
0: well, you know, it happens. So, <laughs> it's like it was, I was—I think I was playing kind of dead with Gabe whenever he came. It was a couple of years ago. I came down. He's playing Star Wars on your Xbox, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there playing. And I was like, I was sitting there like, can I play? And he's just like, you could tell he was like, I don't want to give up this because I don't know if I'm ever going to get it back. And I was just like, wow, yes,
2: he, he, youngest he got stuck. Right in, yes, he got stuck in the corner a lot. Yeah, and I was just
0: like, oh, okay. And I just kind of like walked off alone <laughs> after a little bit. I was like, I'm oh, fine. I'll leave you alone, but. That's that just it just kind of just echoes that I never really had that with my with my sister because we didn't really it was only two of you. Well, also we didn't ever have a gaming system. My mom, not, mom and dad, we only ever had a PC and we didn't really fight over it. And Jackie was never she, Rachel was she never I'm like, sorry. really
1: into that video game. Rachel was she, never really I into video games ever.
0: She was more of the she was more studious, sports oriented. Um, she kind of liked that stuff a little, maybe a little more artsy even. Yeah. Um. But she definitely did not go into the video game kind of like nerd geek culture that we ended up going into. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with that. Although I did have problems with getting kicked off with the computer several times because Dad wanted to use the telephone. But that's a whole other story. That's a whole, whole
2: other whole another story <laughs> on the
0: on the nineties. But yeah. so talking about back in the day. So Zelda is um, Legend of Zelda. Let's be correct here. It is. Uh, to be described, so The Legend of Zelda, it, it, from its booklet, is it's the whole story basically all. This is what they came up with um, whenever um, they were developing it. It was a short prologue, title screen, basically a small kingdom in the land of Hyrule is engulfed by chaos when an army led by Ganon, the Prince of Darkness, invaded and stole the Triforce of Power, one part of the magical artifact which alone bestows great strength. In an attempt to prevent him from acquiring the Triforce of Wisdom, another of the three pieces, Princess Zelda splits it into eight fragments and hides them in secret underground dungeons. Before eventually being kidnapped by Ganon, she commands her nursemaid Impa to find someone courageous enough to save the kingdom. While wandering the land, the old woman is surrounded by Ganon's henchmen but a young boy named Link appears and rescues her. Upon hearing Impa's pleas, he rescues he resolves to save zelda and sets out to reassemble the scattered fragments of the triforce of wisdom which ganon can't which with which ganon can be defeated so that's the basic premise of the game and i mean just thinking about that that's that's a pretty epic yeah epic it is. like story to it think is about epic. i mean i mean to think about it, you know you, you, you it's it's a basis of any kind of great you know fantasy hero story hero story any hero story whatsoever you know you got to go collect all the artifacts and Mm -hmm. every you see this a thousand times in all kinds of different tropes but it's just really interesting to to kind of um look at it and see that uh, this is the kind of the story that they had set up and 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 everything like that but so, during the tale, obviously, Link collects, uh, he'll go around and collect, um, locate the eight Underworlds, or Labyrinths, which are the dungeons which you go through, uh, and you defeat uh, the Guardian monsters and revive each of the fragments with the Triforce, uh, with, with the completed Triforce of Wisdom, he's able to infiltrate the final hideout, which is Death Mountain, and he confronts uh, Ganon and destroying him with the Silver Arrow, uh, mm-hmm. and um, obtaining the Triforce from Ganon's a triforce of Power from Ganon's ashes. Link re- returns in and restores a Triforce of Wisdom to the rescued Princess Zelda, and peace can re- be returned to Hyrule. So that's kind of how the whole game uh, culminates and everything like that. So what do you? That's kind of a trope they've really pushed in all the games, really, of any any of the Zelda games, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So I mean, what do you? How do you? Where do you guys see that in any of the other games that you guys have played? Like you said, play play the Game Boy game. Which one was that?
2: Um, I think it was the, uh, Ocarina of Time.
0: Okay, I'm trying to remember, is that, what were, what were you going? That was 64. Yeah, as I was saying, say, I didn't think they came out with that one. Oracle of Ages and
1: Oracle of Seasons were the two Game Boy ones you would have played.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking of Minish Cap, well,
1: which this, is definitely a game, It was Game
2: Boy Color, and I think they released a couple of them. I they did, then. Of them. They I might, think they, it was... After
1: Time was a 3D64 one.
2: Well, it was definitely the one that you time travel okay
1: that was probably oracle but, of ages that's or
2: oracle may, I think, it may yeah, have been oracle of
0: ages yeah i think that's that one so what was the premise behind that one were you trying to go back and basically defeat again and again or
2: um i didn't finish it <laughs> okay. <laughs> so i don't
1: oracle of ages and oracle of seasons were kind of a different storyline yeah. there's
2: uh i don't i don't think Ganon was I know that there's, I a,
1: there's like a magical princess and there's this evil wizard person who Trying to capture it's
0: kind her. of a generic wizard, yeah. yeah it's like a generic
1: think of Vivaldi or something. Like There's a name or Viveri, like I know we're going to make it, people to be something, with something this. or another. Someone's going to be upset with me. Yeah, that's okay. But they, uh <laughs> you're trying to set the timeline right, and the two games yes. kind of intertwine with each other. That's the cool. Oracle of Ages one, the uh, the Great Deku Tree is there, and you interact with them like in different yeah, ages. They're... And they're they're building this dark tower, which is like the final dungeon, and you're like part of it as it's going along it was
2: part of those uh game boy color games where they come up with like two colors and there's slight differences between them oh it my was God, during you that have... age yeah
0: so we went over this one in uh with the crash bandicoot episode we just did a while back they did it with Spyro and crash on the game mm-hmm. boy advanced it's like it's like spiral purple and crash orange like you said with those two different colors and i always remember thinking i'm like who it's just a it's a it's a marketing ploy to get people to buy more games, yes. essentially. Well and
1: in true Nintendo fashion, you know, there is items you could only obtain by having two Game Boys and a yes. link cable with both games. So you Thankfully can
2: I had a sister them. with the Game Boy. <laughs> so. uh,
0: that's that's that is true. I guess it kinda makes sense that now that I've kind of looked into all this, you know, and seen it all, I guess it makes sense why they had Pokemon Red and Blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was even worse. Do, do you remember the
1: Final Fantasy Crystal game? Yes, the one where you had to have three, you had to have four Game Boys with link yes. cables plugged into and stuff. you had
0: like a specific adapter like they had for four Game Boys. They sold for
1: that game, and I'm like. It was 20 bucks a pop, I think, for the
0: head-to-head. That's just, like, that's just cruel. It
1: was, was me. I remember rounding up all the Game Boys in the neighborhood and buying cables for them so we could play it for one night.
0: And you're just terrible. like, you're, you're, your dad is probably like, sure, why not? your mom's like, why are we going to buy this thing? Probably. It was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's, and that's the kind of stuff that you just kind of see that there. But luckily, this is still in the age that they're really just Nintendo's trying to, like, get their feet a little bit. So, if you guys are unfamiliar with Nintendo, um, they actually started as a uh, a toy fa- or a toy company. Actually, uh-huh. I didn't know that they did a um, they did like slot machines and toys and things like that to start off with, um, and then they kind of eventually evolved into the uh, electronic entertainment company that they are, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And obviously, I think. The Famicom system was their first foray Mm -hmm. into uh, the entertainment sector, uh, at least electronic stuff. And to to, uh, inaugurate that, that's where they came out with the um, obviously Legend of Zelda, along with the re-release of Super Mario Bros., which was originally, I believe, it was originally released like cabinet wise is where it came out. Yeah, arcade was on the main system. yeah, and it it came out on that, and then um, but. With the re-release, they're like they're they were talking about talking about it, and they were basically saying, you know, hey, we want to try and uh, put together uh, a game that's something that you haven't really seen before, um, and which is where they come up with the idea of uh, of Legend of Zelda, which was actually. created by... What's that? If you
1: want to get right down to it, this is the first open world game. I mean, really, yeah. It's way before it's time. Because
0: we'll go into this a little bit more later, but you can literally play this game any way you want. Yeah, I mean, you could go around and literally do none of the dungeons and never. Well, exactly. And unlike a lot of the other
1: stuff, you're not locked into a particular dungeon order nope. or anything. I mean, nope. you can really just do what you want.
0: And, and that's the thing is, like, they kind of go over this a little bit more. They'll, they'll, they um, show that you can literally defeat the dungeon in any order you want. You don't have to get any of the weapons if you don't want them. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, you can. They have ways to defeat all the dungeons with only the beginning tools mm-hmm. and without getting any power ups and like that. So that's why it was just an amazing kind of feat that. Uh, the developers created whenever that is. So, it was uh, actually originally created, originally released in, ni- in nine and nineteen eighty six by Nintendo. And you should know these names, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Miyamoto oh, yeah. helped do it. So, if nobody, if you don't know Miyamoto, um, he essentially is one of the Godfathers of Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo, in my opinion, helped create Super Mario, Donkey mm-hmm. Kong, so many iconic uh, characters and icons of Nintendo. That he is just indispensable, and when he if he ever does pass, and when he does pass, it's going to be a huge loss because he still has a huge hand in anything Nintendo does.
1: Yeah, and he's just, still he's still a, a main developer. Yeah, and which is
0: it's just is amazing because I know he's he's in his 60s now, I think, if yeah, not a little at least, older, yeah. at least. And I was just, I just think it's amazing that a man at his age, anyone else that age could probably have stopped working by now, but he's still going to town.
2: He probably could stop if he wanted to. But
0: I don't think he does, which is great. <laughs> I and mean, he can play, he can work, on his, work as long as he wants. So um, the other gentleman that was involved was, uh, I'm going to butcher this name so bad, uh, Takashi Tezukio. I'm a, I apologize, I am an English speaker, and I'm awful at doing names. Uh, these are good. These are the two gentlemen, Miyamoto and Tezekio are are primarily seen as the creators of the franchise. Um, and so Tezekio, I believe, he was involved in a couple other properties that uh, Nintendo came up with. I'm trying to remember, but he's primarily more of the... Um, uh, I don't know if he's more of the engineering or the computer design portion of it, and Miyamoto's more of the artistic design end of it. So, but um, anyway, so like I said, they were were really uh, involved in doing other properties as well. Um, So the big thing, though, is uh, while they were developing this, they were actually uh, done, uh, whenever they were developing the Super Mario uh, game, Super Mario Bros, for the... The Famicom at the yeah. time, they were actually working on both teams. So if you can imagine really? doing, so if you can imagine doing that, like I mean, I'm sure you guys do, and you know, working on two major projects at once. It's then, hard. I mean, that is bizarre. I, I couldn't think of anything doing like Especially that. Especially two games that turned out so well. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, usually you get people that focus on things like um, like Naughty Dog. They do one game for like ten years, like The Last of mm-hmm. Us, and it's. It's still great, but it's one game, and it took them 10 years to do it, and it was like 50 people, and you can imagine it's someone like a group of like 13 mm-hmm. people on each team.
1: Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I feel like the uh, this was kind of the Wild West of the console era. I mm-hmm. mean people don't remember this nowadays but the Famicom was one of many systems that came out of the time. Yes. I
0: mean you had the Atari, you had oh, Those um, were the
1: ones that survived. I mean the uh, Yeah, and I there it, was a lot of small name computer systems yep. that just died. Yep. And uh, they just couldn't hack it and yeah. just yeah. they just couldn't hack it. It was and a firm, it was a sense. it was a standardized, widely available system that anyone could program for. Yep. They knew what language it used, they knew what hardware it had.
2: There's So many games for it.
1: Yeah, it is... And that right was another... The, don't another, talk about this in a previous podcast, I think, but
0: yeah. Yeah, that's another thing that they had in there, is they just had the sheer amount, the sheer volume of titles for the SNES really helped it survive. Kind of like the Atari. Was yeah, was I mean, the, the, the Atari so. had the same thing, though, too, which is just amazing, so... But like you were saying, too, that's one of the things that made this game stand out amongst all the other SNES games that they had. It was just... the. It was like... Essentially, it was the first open-world game, mm-hmm. which is an open-world adventure game, which nowadays you have... These are a dime a dozen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you get like things like Assassin's Creed, Skyrim. Skyrim. I mean, it's they, just, they've gotten
1: pretty popular now.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you can have them a million different ways if you want them. Mm-hmm. You can have them super detailed, all the way down to say you want to play uh, Link's Awakening or uh, Reawakening that they just released mm-hmm. for uh, the Switch. That is very much just a reskin. I, well, that's not a reskin. They remastered the whole.
1: Yeah, and I, I really like Link's Awakening, but I feel like Link's Awakening is actually a pretty linear game. Yeah. When it gets down to
0: it, it's not. You can't just go out and do what you it's want. It's not as not as not as you have to do it. In right free roam as this one is, but it's yeah. definitely. Oh, well, it definitely,
1: encourage people to play the remastered one. It's gorgeous. Yes. The, the music is wonderful. It's a yes. very chill.
0: Very chills. Which it's, a nice, it's a nice Saturday afternoon, in my opinion. So. Oh, yeah. So, like, going off that, so other other things that they really uh, push in there. Um, so a lot of the concepts they came up with, the dungeons and the outside worlds layouts, are, are credited as being representations of Miyamoto's memories as a child in his hometown. So apparently he did a lot of, like, exploring as a child, going out in the forest, mm-hmm. finding little caves and things like that. And that's where you get a lot of the dungeon aspects yeah. at. It. So that's what he always, I guess, he had thought about that as, which I was like, that's... I mean, I've never would have thought of that, but, yeah. you know, I guess it's a logical conclusion to come to. Um, and on top of, they were kind of fuzzy at first of, like, how they how they wanted to, what they wanted to, one, they wanted to name the character and how they wanted to uh, really make the the, the player connect with the uh, uh character of link which is why they actually end up calling him link it's a Link to the character and the player yeah so which is it seems so simple when you say it but you're <laughs> like huh and it's like oh that's kind of cool but um another little tidbit um the so where do you guys think the name zelda came from i know kelly probably knows because you in my notes you probably don't i know. have no idea you remember reading it? No, I don't. So it's actually, you know, um, the uh, author of *The Great Gatsby*, uh, yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. His wife name, wife's name was Zelda Fitzgerald. Ah. That is so random. I know, especially for a couple Japanese guys. But that's how, that's, uh, but that's how they are. And so, like, do you remember in Super Mario? Is it three? Yeah. Where you're fighting all of uh, Bowser's kids, the Koopa mm-hmm. kids, all their names all the kids' names, like Lenny and all those yeah. guys, they're taken from rock stars. Yeah. Like there's Lenny I think it's like Lenny Kravitz and mm-hmm. all this and but they're all like named after like rock stars. And I'm like, who would think of that? That explains the aesthetic
1: they have whenever you get to, like, exactly. Super Mario World once they have, like, some more pixels and colors yeah. to work with. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, some of them have, like, a serious, like, Ringo Starr thing going on. Exactly.
0: And <laughs> he's actually based on one of the um, the Kiss guys. The yeah. guy from Gene Simmons, or yeah. what, not, not Gene Simmons. I kind of remember his name. You're, you're going to kill me if I ever think about it. But they have all that makeup, that star yeah. on their face. So they're really... I love how they just pull random things and it yeah. shows that they have different interests outside of, oh, yeah. say, gaming and things like that. But... But yeah, that was kind of one of the cool things I thought about that. Um, so actually, in in one of some of the earlier concepts, going off that a little bit, they actually thought that um, they were actually going to make Link more futuristic initially. Mm-hmm. So they were going to make him more of a time travel at first, and not just just like yeah. not part of the actual work. Which they kind of play with that a little bit. He's not much of a time travel. He is a time traveler, but it's it's more of like he stays within his own realm. Kind of yeah, they played with that a
1: little bit, and I, I know there was some of that in some of the earlier Nintendo commercials, too, where it's like, you know, you were transported into the game system type stuff.
0: Which, I think that's... Well, I think that was that more p-
2: playing up the more link to the character, that it's yeah. you. Yeah,
0: you coming from your world to your world theirs. To be linked. Yeah. Yeah, which, I can see that. And I, I think that would be really interesting to do, but I just... I think it was a little tough for them to do, especially with the limitations of the, the of system. Because it was mm-hmm. 8-bit, still, wasn't it? It was an 8-bit? Yeah, yeah. 8-bit. So it, it is definitely limited the amount of uh, stuff that you could do with it. So, But anyways, the Japanese version of uh, Legend of Zelda was actually released in February of 86 uh, for the Famicom, which anybody doesn't know, um, Famicom system is essentially just a red and white version of the... Um, S N E S with controllers that are already. Uh, like, the Nintendo Entertainment System, NES. That's what I said. Yeah. Did I say S N E S? Yeah. Yes. My bad. I bet S N E S. It's the S N E S system that I did it again, didn't did I? I did it did again. again. I wasn't gonna say monster. something the second time. I was like, I'm just gonna let it slide. It's the NES yes. system yeah. that is it's red and like grey or white or whatever. But it's but it's actually got controllers that are directly connected to it. It's yeah. not like the ones where uh, the American version, where it was the Nintendo they're system, detachable. Yeah, they're detachable, and you can put new ones in. It was it's a weird kind of amalgamation um, that I'd never really seen before. Uh, but if you can get a hold your hands a hold of one, get a hold, you know, yeah, grow right ahead. It's great. But they were actually going to release it um, due to the fact they had actually released the Famicom system initially already but they were releasing it with a uh, new disc system which is the top loader cartridges yeah which i I apparently it was something they hadn't done before i guess that's why they didn't release the um i guess the american or the the world release of that uh, famicom or that nes was that it's a front loader yeah and i guess that's that's what the disc system they were talking about yeah the cartridge system cartridge system they call it a disc system, but and that's I, what
1: the NES ended up using.
0: Yeah, which makes more sense. So mm-hmm. but so actually this is where they were actually going uh they were moving from I guess I didn't couldn't really find a lot of information about if it was if the games were already preloaded onto it. I'm not, not sure. I
1: haven't ever actually spent too much time looking at the Famicom.
0: So I'd have to look at that a little what bit I do, more. I think it's like what
1: established them as a company. I know it was really historically important for the Nintendo company.
0: Exactly. But, but I know when they added that the, that uh, disk system on there, that's really when they started using introducing the, the basically the, cart- they used it, the cr- cartridge uh, system, um, which was basically floppy disks inside of them, with a plastic shell around the outside. Actually, right. Yeah, the
1: Famicom disk system was essentially a floppy disk that yep. was a proprietary shape. Yeah. And, yeah, they called them disk cards.
0: Which is bizarre, yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I was like, it was just so, so just insane. So, but another kind of interesting thing that they, um, yeah, see, this is what it looks like.
2: Oh, wow, that is weird.
0: It's, it just, it looks, it literally looks it's like a, It's like, essentially
1: like a box floppy drive, okay. like for an old school PC. With a family computer written on top of
2: it, I mean, I so. mean that is yep. I mean, probably that's one exactly way to, what it is. I guess
0: one way to get your uh, get your uh, system out there it works. Eight I mean kilobits of RAM—that's actually a lot for the time. I know, right? That's what I was like looking at, it, and I'm like, "That—that's yeah." For the time, that was probably one of the stronger systems out there. But I think all the interesting facts that they they put in there. So they actually had a uh, microphone in the controllers that you could blow. But really? you only get this in the Japanese version, which is why it's they're kind of highly sought after because mm-hmm. whenever they came over to the NES version for like worldwide release, they didn't have that in there. so and you would just have to like spam the button whatever button it was to try and make because there's a, a couple bosses in there that you have to fight um, and you have to like the whole thing was you have to blow on them you have to yeah. blow at the controller and it would feel our shouting at it. And it would actually like make the uh, make the the but the boss like die or like it would attack it. Wow. wow. and for that time I didn't know that was a fan. Yeah. But that is but you think about it, that's so Nintendo to do something like that. Oh weird. yeah, they, they
1: yeah, yeah, export was... a lot of stuff. I mean they came up with the gun system.
0: Exactly. And I think
1: towards the end of the console, they even have like a power glove thing that you
0: could use. Don't don't <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember like seeing those things and like really wanting one, but I was my mom was like I've watched people, like, try to play on, play with them. They and don't... They didn't work out very well. They don't hold up, man. It just... Yeah, they don't really add well. But Nintendo is just known for really being an innovator. Yes. And just putting out weird stuff sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. It's <laughs> just, like, you wonder, like, what was the, the, the Wii... Wii... The Wii wheel? The Wii U, even? Like, why would you make a tablet? But you can tell it should literally... It's literally just a predecessor to the Switch. It that's is. all it was. They're like, we wonder if people are going to like a handheld thing. So, But mm-hmm. anyway, so like I said, the, they released it in 86 uh, in Japan. Um, it sold fairly well. Um, but whenever they released in, in 88 to the U.S. market, which was an uh, was emerging market at the time, this is actually where it really hit its stride uh, and it sold actually 2 million copies, which is ridiculous. And that's where you actually get... Um, the release of the gold cartridge is what you're talking about. Yeah, and that was actually a limited release to get. And if you can actually get some of those still, and they're in good condition, that's a real collector's item. You can see some of those going for like two, three thousand dollars nowadays.
1: Yeah, the, the gold cartridge was super cool.
0: I mean, because I mean, you think about it, they're all the ones are just gray or whatever mm-hmm. with the little logo on it, but yeah. it's a gold cartridge, and it's just like it's like telling them like this is our this is our gold standard for games. Ooh. Ooh. I know, I know, right? It's it... dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've jumped ahead a little bit. So so after you bought this, after somebody has purchased this game, they get in there and start digging around, and they really see the gameplay mechanics, like you were saying earlier. It, it took uh, concepts they had from like the Atari, the old 8-bit style stuff, and they really mixed in action-adventure and role-playing mm-hmm. game uh, mm-hmm. genres all together. So you had some of these you had role playing games, but they were all a lot of them at the time. They were very text based, Yes. Mm-hmm. and you didn't have a lot of interaction outside of that. You would really, I'm um, like, you had to type in like "remove sword from pack." Okay. don't make fun of Zord. Zord I'm not. Sword. I'm not making fun of it, <laughs> but it's 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 what you had to do. Oh yeah, there was definitely limitations into it playing on a on a system as opposed to playing in person, like with mm-hmm. D and D, because this is about the same time that yeah, uh, you know. Well, was it 76 or the 80s that Gygax uh, came out with D&D 1.0? Uh, yeah. I thought it was, like, late 70s. It was late 70s? I think it was but, really but, late 70s. But if you think about it before that, the only really role-playing stuff you had was, like, D&D mm-hmm. or any other mod- little smaller modules, like homebrew modules that they had like that. And so to really interact with something like that and have that available for you where so you, like, open the pack up, pull out what item you need... 1974. Right. So Kelly on the point yeah. right there. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> screw with Kelly on D and D. she knows her stuff on that one. So. Um, so, like I said, while early in the game the the the, the player only gets armed with a small shield, use like you said, I was saying earlier, you can really go through each of the dungeons or the whole world, and you can try and find uh, different weapons to make it easier for your your uh, adventure to go. And some of this stuff is really hidden. it really is. Like, it's,
1: you know, go to a particular mountaintop and burn a particular bush with the right color candle. Exactly. And there's nothing to tell you anything about that. There's no in-game hints or stuff.
0: The only way that some people learned some of these things was from Nintendo Power. Oh, yeah. Which was the the gaming magazine. Their
1: their tell-all gaming magazine. Which
0: they really didn't... They kind of started getting pushed right about this time. But, yeah, like you said, if you didn't have a subscription to that... You were kind of like swinging in the dark, really. I mean,
1: I remember playing uh, the game one time and we were stuck in the Lost Woods area,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which uh, you have to travel through the woods with the correct sequence of button presses, and there's mm-hmm. really nothing to tell you what to do. Nope. Oh,
2: yeah, and if you, you mess do it up, you, you, do you start right, over. Yeah, you do
1: it right one way, and you end up in the temple... Like the dungeon area, and there's a a different sequence of button presses you could do to get a hidden item. Mm-hmm. And I were sitting for hours trying to figure this out because we had no idea what it was. Well, because there's so many. Our different friend had it. Our friend had you know it written down on a piece of paper from their <laughs> uncle or something, and mm-hmm. I guess it was just wrong because we couldn't make it work. Uh, it happens, you know. It's, <laughs> but
0: it's 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 just really interesting that they take some of those mechanics and they put them in with some of the newer games, even mm-hmm. even like with they really kind of like move some of those. Uh, uh, puzzle mechanics into uh, like Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. yeah. like really heavy with all the little like temples that they have there. Are they called temples in there? Because i to remember. Uh, the, the shrines. Shrines. Yeah. That's close. It's a little different. The temples are the animal, yeah, are the divine beasts that they had to go after. Mm-hmm. So, but like, but something that they've really kind of hammered home with. All the games, at the very beginning of the game, they always end up usually giving you that one weapon that you have to use. And this one was, this is where it all came, is whenever you go into, um, the sword gets entrusted to him by the old man. He's only called the old okay. man. And this is the most iconic line. Like, you said like the, no, no story. The you know? Mysterious no old man. Just, an old man in a room, and he says the iconic line,
1: "James, it's it's
0: it's dangerous to go alone. Take this, and that is just that Here's is, a sword. And, and that has been thrown out on so many t-shirts, so many things. Uh, There's songs about it, There's exactly, about and it's just amazing that a whole world has spawned from that single sentence and. It's just, it's just, it's great, and and the more they can do that, like they had goes off to them. I would love, I love hearing that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but this is actually one of the first games um, that they actually use the side screen movement. So mm-hmm. this is something they really pushed in to. So in like Mario, it was always just it was a side scrolling mm-hmm. and it was yeah. one level. So what they would do is they would shift and you'd have one block out of each area and you have to go back and forth and you could actually continuously go back and forth to it. So they had that a little bit in Atari, but it was just the graphics weren't were significantly less.
1: Well, my understanding was is that the reason they did the shifting screen system was that the, the console was not capable of loading no, more at the time. No. That is the absolute most the NES could handle, and that's why they had to have those transitions at the edge of every screen. I know they weren't very happy about that.
0: But, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the limitations of the system they yeah. had at the time, and nowadays you can load... If you have the right graphics card or whatever mm-hmm. it is, system set up, you can literally have an entire world. You could have, probably have the whole Breath of the Wild world loaded I mean, at once. It really cr- not yeah. like it. I'm we, sure there's greeting cards
1: card. out there that could play the NES Zelda
0: game better than the original system. I don't mean. know what you're talking about. It's, <laughs> it's, it's
2: that limitation that leads to the innovation that mm-hmm. makes exactly. it unique.
0: Exactly. And these, guys, these artists really push it out there and make it go. So, like I said, you know, the, like I was saying earlier, you can go through the world however you want. You don't, you don't have, any, but you have to at least if you're gonna fight again, you have to at least go through eight, all eight of the dungeons. Mm-hmm. That was a must. On it, and you get all the collect all the, the Triforce pieces, and each of them as you go along. Usually, you pick up a weapon while you do that, and eventually you end up fighting Zell or fighting Ganon, and and you end up saving Zelda. Obviously, and I know for the longest time, I was an idiot, and I thought that. Zelda was the main character. So, I think
2: everyone has thought that at so some point.
0: So it happens. So, but obviously, the cool thing they did though with this is, is as each of the dungeons was defeated, um, the difficulty will increase a little bit, yeah. and it makes it a little bit harder. You take a little bit more damage from from a character from uh, from the bad, baddies essentially, and. It, but that's why they gave you the tools to make it easier but yeah. i've seen guys speed run this this game <laughs> going through all cause oh, I, I
2: bet there's it's of speed it's running. stupid
0: to watch these guys to do them cuz they've got it glitched out and like that and they just they just whiz through it and they know every little thing about it um and that's why these that's why these games are so fun to watch well,
2: those are the people that are going to find all the secrets They I go know. through to try everything touch every place do every Possible thing to every pl- I don't every know. And, location, and they
0: find all those secret little hidden things that uh, that just wasn't even supposed to be there. They weren't even supposed to be half the time. It's like yeah. they were probably so on a crunch that they were just like, "Hey, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lose this. <laughs> we're gonna we forgot about this, so it is what it is." So, yeah. but anyways so after the game came out and all all this was found out, and they just and it was just received huge amounts of praise. Um, obviously at the time it didn't have it had some um competition but for the time it sold around 6.5 million copies and and obviously it learned lots of accolades which Guess what? It, learned, it earned an accolade of uh, best game of the year from Nintendo Power magazine. Big surprise there. <laughs> so I know, right? I had got to, to gotta plug the
1: company. I yes. had
0: to, I had to throw that in there, which I think it's hilarious. A lot of games do that. Like remember the Xbox magazine? They're like, Halo is the best game of the year, and you're just like, Shh. you you don't you don't say. Yeah. I mean, Halo was fine, but it wasn't any Half-Life. 2. the will probably fight you for that one. <laughs> he would. I know. He probably would. So, but anyway, so we already like, established the PC
1: master race. That's right. <laughs> Always forever. So, um,
0: so another. But the interesting thing though is that it it is held up for so so well for so long that in two thousand and one, uh, Game Informer actually did it was actually ranked uh, best game of all time out of a hundred games that they they chose, which. And it dropped to 13th best game in 2007 uh, from the same uh, uh, editorial staff, um, editorial uh, out of 100, which, I mean, still being in the top 20 games of to all games. of like t- all over 86, yeah. That's, oh, 30 years almost, yeah. you know. Almost you know, 30. Almost 30 years. That is that is insane to think that a game has held withheld the test of time for so long. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, just impact, guys. I mean, uh, the Zeldas have, I mean, just throw out some examples of what you think that uh, Zelda has, has had was, on the world. It was legend. Wait for it. I mean, You're done. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you're, you're about this close to getting banned. This close. I can't permaban you, but I will. Mean, okay, Zelda was great. I'll I mean, put you in the corner <laughs> next time.
1: I mean, it's uh, for me. I love these kind of open world puzzle dungeon games with mm-hmm. a little bit of combat thrown in. Yeah. Zelda is my happy place. It's one of my favorite franchises exactly. of all time. I've I have bought Nintendo systems just for the Zelda game before, and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> That's
0: of why that. you got the Switch. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> I mean, I did it. I did it too. I mean, because whatever I think it was you told me, you were getting it, and I was just like, ooh, I was just like, that means I have so- I can have somebody to play with, and you like, there'll be other games I can play with, this would be great, I can trade games with them and everything, and I think, actually, did I end up borrowing, I think I ended up, I don't know if I borrowed Breath of the Wild from no, you No, because I bought it online. No, I borrowed it from a buddy at work, that's what it yeah. was, and I had it for like eight months. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah, I
1: mean, Breath of the Wild was And hard. I got,
0: I maybe got maybe 30% total all the way through. Like, I'm talking about, like, the whole game. Like, shrines everything. I mean, you can
1: spend 60 or 70 hours just finishing the main storyline.
0: So, Reese, story Reese, oh my, I think he won 100% of the game. Wow. Which is ignorant, in yes. my opinion. It was That's, like, binding the little Isaac level of, like, trying to com- go to completion. Yes.
1: Well, if you think that's crazy, you should watch some of the 100% Breath of the Wild speed runs. It's like... Like, a, days? It's like a two- to three-day... Speed run.
0: That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> what do they sit there and just chug energy drinks while they're doing it? Yeah. yeah oh, that's, much. God, that's awful. It's, it's one of the, the few, it's
1: one of the few speed runs where you're permitted to take a break to sleep.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, speed running gods. Thank you so much. But yeah, so like you were saying, it's just the the impact that it's had is is just imme- you know, immeasurable, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you think about it, it it's really. You look at some of the, the more common RPGs now, it has a lot of, a lot of the mechanics that they put in the mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda game are just commonplace now. Mm-hmm. Do you
1: say there's some core connection between the past and the, and the present? Like a link? Maybe? You know what? Yeah, you're banned now. <laughs> yeah, you're banned now. Cool. Yeah. I couldn't resist, I'm sorry.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, the shirt I had bought your son with Which, the Zelda shirt. <laughs> thank you for that, by the way. Uh, I got that from a craft fair. And really? Yeah, a little one of those the big craft fairs that they that's, have in town. Is cool. And you know it's part of a culture if they're selling
1: well, Zelda shirts at a craft. fair. The country craft fair has a homemade Zelda shirt. <laughs> and,
0: and That's what I love about <laughs> these grandmas kids. don't even know. They don't know, but they know. But they know <laughs> but, some kid is going to buy. But they've knitted
2: this little cutie doll of these
0: characters. Exactly. Like if you guys get ever get bored and you want to uh, look at just the you know, sheer impact, go on Etsy and just type in Zelda or Link to the past, or whatever it is, Nintendo. You can just see tons of crafts and things that people have made and printed out for for these people, I mean, just from their sheer love of the game. Uh-huh. Even if they have never played the game, they know they know these images and they know these characters, and they still have a love for them and what they represent. And it's it's I love I just love how. Our our culture, I I can say that it's our culture. It's our culture. It's yeah. our culture, and we have it has permeated popular culture at this point enough to where people can appreciate it, you know, and mm-hmm. they can and they can enjoy it for how we have enjoyed it, essentially. Absolutely, and that's the whole point of that is culture. I once a, once something gets to that point, I love it because you can talk to somebody about it and you can see how they feel about it. And that's kinda of basically why we created this podcast in the first yeah, place. Because it's yeah. something we can make. So but really pushing off that a little bit, the 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 RPG mechanics and the uh, have just really settled into what most RPGs are nowadays. And like I said, it's been I don't know how many times they've re released the original game. I mean, I think they really they really, really and I know can I can think of uh, Twice that I know yeah, about. I know them. it's on the
1: Switch. I know
0: they came out with it on the, the NES um, little system that they came out with, a, you know, a while back. Oh, the little NES
1: Classic Console yeah,
0: thing. They yeah, they came out with it was that. And they've actually released it as an emulator on a couple, like whenever they came out with the Wii system, whenever they started getting the yeah, internet. So the Wii
1: Marketplace had a bunch of games on it? That
0: so yeah, they re-released it with all. Uh, they didn't. So they've only re-released. They never have never touched it, and they've never remastered it or remade it. That's good. They shouldn't. Which is what I. Which hmm. is that's just showing the kind of reverence that Nintendo has for their some of their stuff. Yeah. Which. I mean I can I I will love that to the day I die. They have then there are like some other companies that will come in and they'll just remaster something. They're like, It has to be new, it has to be brighter and shinier. They have a reverence for their IPs and their original properties just to kind of show like, hey, mm-hmm. you know,
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: We respect that so but, yeah, so that kind of, like, brings me into the, like I said, this was a little bit of a shorter episode, um, yeah, which, is, fine. which is fine, but, like I said, it kind of brings in my, in, in me to the end of my notes, but what are your guys' overall feelings towards the Legend of Zelda game? I know we can wax nauseam about the whole <laughs> franchise, but how do you feel? I mean, are you going to go out and play it? Or are you going to steal from James' Switch anytime soon and play it?
2: I mean, I've steal it every once in a while
0: and just mm-hmm. pick it up and play it yeah i mean that's what you can do with it yeah know? yeah, i wouldn't mind
1: playing this again because to be yeah. honest i have some very frustrated memories of this game as a child <sighs> I guess like some- said because the the number of secrets there the rumors we'd heard i don't yeah, think i ever to
2: look up this i don't think i
1: properly finished it i think we got through six or seven dungeons at one point and mm-hmm. i never like properly finished the game because it's not
0: like the link to the passwords there are only four dungeons or five dungeons
1: no, Link to the Past had more. Really? There was three dungeons to get the Master Sword, and then the Dark World had, what was it, eight or nine dungeons, plus the final one? Oh my god,
0: I didn't think there was and that many.
1: And Castle High there's there's a bunch. Man, that's, yeah,
0: I'm, Link it, to the Past is a whole other scale. It's a just big, it's it just shows that I'm going to have to go and research on that, hint, hint, guys, That uh, so we can try and get into oof, that one a little bit oof. more. <laughs> I know. I know. James is like my, my I'm salivating gym. my jam. I know. I've, my giblets him, I, are tingling. I've watched
2: you play that game like four times since <laughs> we've been married.
0: See, that's that kind of just shows that it's it, it holds a place in pieces, people's hearts. But mm-hmm. like I said guys, if you kinda if you, if you if you've enjoyed these episodes, tell us how long how you long how long do you want us to talk because like I said, we can just talk here for hours if we really want to. We're a little winded today. Uh, just because we've we smashed two of them. They went before and it was World of Warcraft and it was just oh that was a that's a lengthy one. Yes. Uh, I guess. Lengthy and there's dirty, so much. But talk. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, sorry, stop. Okay. On that though,
1: there's an excellent Zelda rat, Starbom. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're of age. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you're 18 plus, go ahead and try If you're not, don't tell your parents and you didn't hear from us. So um but anyways guys, like I said, if you guys are enjoying what you're hearing. Uh, Please comment on our website, on uh, any reviews uh, from any of the the podcasting systems or um, platforms that you're using as well. Um, If you like us, like I said, just let us know. If you don't, please still let us know. Like I said, we want to know how well we can uh, better improve the uh, content of our podcast for you guys and for us as well. So beginning, guys, uh, we will be coming out with another episode in about a week's time, hopefully. And we'll leave a little bit uh, of a teaser on the Facebook page because I've been posting the day before on each of them, trying to let you guys kind of guess and figure out which one we're, we're doing next. So I know it's probably not fun for some people, but I enjoy it because I'm a sadist. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so anyway, guys, thanks for Kelly and Jane for stopping by again. Um, I think next week we'll have maybe Jackie will come in and bother me um, probably the other way around, really, honestly. Yes. So and um, thanks for coming by, guys. Have a good night. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.